0: Chapter One of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. The Mysteries of Paris, Volume Six by Eugène Sue. Chapter One The Punishment. Part One. We will again conduct the reader into the study of Jacques Ferrand availing ourselves of the loquacity of the clerks we shall endeavour through their instrumentality to narrate the events that had occurred since the disappearance of cecily a hundred sous de ten if his present state continues that in less than a month our governor will go off with a pop the fact is since cecily left he is only skin and bones and now he takes to the priests again more than ever the curé of the parish is a most respectable man and i overheard him say yesterday to another priest who accompanied him it is admirable m jacques ferrand is the personification of charity well then when the curie declares a thing one must credit it and yet to believe that the governor is charitable is almost beyond my belief remember the forty sous for a breakfast yes but then the head clerk says that three days ago the governor realized a large sum in the funds and that he is about to sell his business well no doubt he has the means to retire he has speculated on the bourse and gained lots of money what astonishes me is this friend who follows him like his shadow yes he does not leave m ferrand for a moment they eat together and seem as if they were inseparable it seems to me as if i had seen this intruder somewhere have you not remarked that every two hours there comes a man with large light moustaches with a military air who inquires for the intruder of the porter this friend then goes downstairs discourses for a moment with the hero with the moustaches after which the military gent turns on his heel goes away and returns two hours afterwards yes i have remarked it it appears to me that as i go and come i see in the street men who appear to be watching the house perhaps the head clerk knows more of this than we do by the way where is he at the house of the countess macgregor who has been assassinated and is now despaired of They sent for the governor today, but the head clerk was despatched in his stead. He has plenty in his hands, then, for I suppose he will fill Germain's place as cashier. Talking of Germain, an odd thing has occurred. The governor, in order to free him from prison, has declared that he had made a mistake in his accounts, and that he has found the money he accused Germain of taking. I do not see anything odd in that. It is but justice. I was sure that Germain was incapable of theft ah here's a coach gents said chalamel looking out of the window it is not a spicy turnout like that of the famous vicomte the gay saint-remy but a hack concern who is coming out of it only the curé, a very worthy man he is too silence some one comes in to your work my boys and all the clerks leaning over their desks began to scrawl away with much apparent industry and as if their attention had not been taken off their business for a single instant the pale features of the priest expressed at once a gentle melancholy combined with an air of intelligence and venerable serenity a small black cap covered the crown of his head while his long grey locks hung down over the collar of his great-coat let us merely add to this hasty sketch that owing to the worthy priest's implicit confidence in the words and actions of others he was and ever had been completely blinded by the deep and well-practised hypocrisy of jacques ferrand is your worthy employer in his room my children inquired the curé yes monsieur l'abbé he is answered chalamel as rising respectfully he opened the door of an adjoining study and waited for the priest to enter hearing loud voices in the apartment and unwilling to overhear words not intended for his ears the abbé walked rapidly forwards and tapped briskly at the door come in said a voice with a strong italian accent and entering the priest found himself in the presence of polidori and jacques ferrand the clerks did not appear to have erred in calculating upon the approaching end of their employer he was indeed scarcely to be recognized spite of the almost spectral thinness and pallor of his sharpened features a deep red fever spot burned and scorched upon his projecting cheekbones a sort of incessant tremor amounting occasionally to convulsive spasms and starts shook his attenuated frame his coarse but wasted hands seemed parched with feverish heat while his bloodshot eyes were shrouded from view by the large green glasses he wore altogether his face was a fearful index of the internal ravages of a fast-consuming disease the physiognomy of polidori offered a strong contrast to that of the notary nothing could express a more bitter irony a more biting contempt than the features of this hardened villain surrounded as they were by a mass of red hair slightly mingled with grey hanging in wild disorder over his pale wrinkled brow and partially hiding his sharp penetrating eyes which green and transparent as a stone known as the aquamarine were placed very close to his hooked nose and imparted a still more sinister character to the look of the sarcastic malevolence that dwelt on his thin compressed lips such was Polidori, as, attired in a suit of entire black, he sat beside the desk of Jacques Ferrand. At the sight of the priest, both rose. And how do you find yourself, my good Monsieur Ferrand? inquired the abbe, in a tone of deep solicitude. Let me hope you are better. Much the same as you last saw me, Monsieur l'abbe, replied the notary, no sleep, no rest, and constantly devoured by fever but god's will be done alas monsieur l'Abbe, interposed polidori my poor friend is no better but what a blessed spirit he is in what resignation finding no other relief from his suffering than in doing good have the goodness to cease these praises which i am far from meriting said the notary in a short dry tone as though struggling hard to restrain his feelings of rage and resentment to the lord alone belongs the right of judging what is good and what evil i am but a miserable sinner we are all sinners replied the abbe mildly but all have not the extreme charity by which you are distinguished my worthy friend few indeed like you are capable of weaning their affections from their earthly goods that they may be employed only as a means of leading a more christian-like life are you still determined upon retiring from your profession the better to devote yourself to religious duties i disposed of my practice a day or two ago for a large and handsome son this money united with other property will enable me to found the institution i was speaking to you of and of which i have entirely sketched out the plan i am about to lay it before you and to ask your assistance in improving it where necessary my noble-minded friend Exclaimed the abbe with the deepest and holiest admiration, How naturally and unostentatiously you do these things! Ah, well might I say there were but few who resembled you, and upon the heads of such too many blessings can scarcely be prayed for and wished. Few persons like my friend Jacques here, said Polidori with an ironical smile which wholly escaped the abbe are fortunate enough to possess both piety and riches charity and discrimination as to the right channel into which to pour their wealth in order that it may work well for the good of their soul at this repetition of sarcastic eulogium the notary's hand became clenched with internal emotion while through his spectacles he darted a look of deadly hatred on polidori do you perceive monsieur l'abb said the dear friend of jacques ferrand hastily he has these convulsive twitchings of the limbs continually and yet he will not have any advice he really makes me quite wretched to see him as if it were killing himself nay my excellent friend spite of those displeased looks i will persist in declaring in the presence of monsieur l'abb that you are destroying yourself by refusing all succor as you do as polidori uttered these words a convulsive shudder shook the notary's whole frame but in another instant he had regained the mastery over himself and was calm as before a less simple-minded man than the Abbe might have perceived both during this conversation and in that which followed a something unnatural in the language and forced actions of jacques ferrand for it is scarcely necessary to state that his present proceedings were dictated to him by a will and authority he was powerless to resist and that it was by the command of rodolph the wretched man was compelled to adopt words and conduct diametrically the reverse of his own sentiments or inclinations. And so it was that, when sore pressed, the notary seemed half inclined to resist the arbitrary and invisible power he found himself obliged to obey. But a glance at Polidori soon put an end to his indecision, and restraining all his rage and impotent fury, Jacques Ferrand forbore any further manifestation of futile rage, and bent beneath the yoke he could neither shake off nor break alas monsieur l'Abbé," resumed polidori as though taking an infernal pleasure in thus torturing the miserable notary my poor friend wholly neglects his health let me entreat of you to join your request to mine that he will be more careful of his precious self if not for himself or his friends at least for the sake of the poor and needy whose hope and support he is enough enough murmured the notary in a deep guttural voice no said the priest much moved tis not enough you can never be reminded too frequently that you belong not to yourself and that you are to blame for neglecting your health during the ten years i have known you i cannot recollect your ever being ill before the present time but really the last month has changed you so that you are scarcely like the same person and i am the more struck with the alteration in your appearance since for some little time i have not seen you you may recollect that when you sent for me the other day i could not conceal my surprise on finding you so changed during the short space of time that has elapsed since that visit i find you even more rapidly altered for the worse you are visibly wasting away and occasion us all very serious uneasiness i therefore most earnestly entreat of you to consider and attend to your health believe me monsieur l'Abbé, i feel most grateful for the kind interest you express but that i cannot bring myself to believe my situation as dangerous as you do nay said polidori since you are thus obstinate monsieur l'Abbé shall know all he greatly loves esteems and honours you but how will those feelings be increased when he learns the real cause of your languishing condition with the fresh claims your additional merits give you to his regard and veneration. Monsieur l'abbe, said the notary impatiently, I sent to beg your company that I might confer with you on a matter of importance, and not to take up your time in listening to the absurd and exaggerated eulogiums of my friend. You know, Jacques, said Polidori, fixing a piercing glance of fearful meaning on the notary, that it is useless attempting to escape from me, and that you must hear all I have got to say the person so addressed cast down his eyes and durst not reply polidori continued you may probably have remarked monsieur l'Abbé, that the first symptoms of our friend's illness manifested themselves in a sort of nervous attack which followed the abominable scandal raised by the affair of louise morel while in his service a sort of anguish shivering ran over the notary is it possible that you sir are acquainted with that unfortunate girl's story inquired the priest greatly astonished i imagined you had only been in paris a few days and you were correctly informed but my good friend jacques told me all about it as a man would relate such a circumstance to his friend and physician since he attributed the nervous shock under which he is now labouring to the excessive indignation awakened in his mind by the discovery of his servant's crime but that is not all my poor friend's sympathies have been still more painfully awakened by a fresh blow which as you perceive has had a very serious effect on his health an old and faithful servant attached to him by many years of well-requited service you allude to the untimely end of madame sraphin i presume said the cure interrupting polidori i heard of the melancholy affair she was drowned i believe from some carelessness or imprudence manifested by her while making one in a party of pleasure, I can quite understand the distress such a circumstance must have occasioned M. Ferrand, whose kind heart would be unable to forget that she who was thus snatched from life had for ten long years been his faithful, zealous domestic. Far from blaming such regrets, I think them but natural and reflecting as much honour on the survivor as the deceased monsieur l'Abbé said the notary let me beseech of you to cease commending my virtues you confuse you make me really uncomfortable and who then shall speak of them as they deserve asked polidori with feigned affection will you oh no but monsieur l'Abbé, you shall have a fresh opportunity of praising him as he deserves listen you are perhaps ignorant that jacques took a third servant to replace louise morel and madame Serafin? if you are not aware of that fact you have still to learn all his goodness towards poor cecily for that was the name of the new domestic monsieur l'abbé involuntarily the notary sprung from his seat and with eyes glaring with rage and madness even in spite of the glasses he wore he cried while a deep fiery glow overspread his before livid countenance silence i command i insist i forbid another word on this subject come come said the abbe soothingly compose yourself it seems there is still some generous action i have not yet been told of i really must plead guilty to admiring the candour of your friend however his love of truth may offend your modesty i was not acquainted with the servant you alluded to as unfortunately just about the time she entered the service of our worthy m He became so overwhelmed with cares and business as to be obliged temporarily to interrupt our frequent friendly meetings.' That was merely a pretext to conceal the fresh act of goodness he meditated, Monsieur l'Abbe, and at the risk of paining his modesty, I am determined you shall know all about it,' said Polidori, with a malignant smile, while Jacques Ferrand, in mute rage, leaned his elbows on his desk, while he concealed his face with his hands. Imagine, then, monsieur l'abbe, resumed Polidori, feigning to address himself to the cure, but at each phrase contriving to direct an ironical glance towards Jacques Ferrand, imagine that my kind-hearted friend here found his new domestic possessed of the purest and rarest qualifications, the most perfect modesty, with the gentleness and piety of an angel, nor was this all. The quick penetration of my friend Jacques soon discovered that the female in question, who, by the way, was both young and beautiful, had never been accustomed to a servant's life, and that, to the most austere virtue, she added great and varied information, with first-rate talents which had received the highest cultivation. "'Indeed!' exclaimed the abbé, much interested in the recital. "'I was not aware of this.' But what ails you, my good Monsieur Ferrand? You seem ill and disturbed? A slight headache, answered the notary, wiping the cold, clammy drops from his brow, for the restraint he imposed upon himself was most severe, nothing more, it will soon pass off! Polidori shrugged up his shoulders, smiled maliciously, and said: observe monsieur l'abbé that jacques is always seized with the same symptoms directly any of his good actions are brought forward but never mind i am determined that his light shall no longer be hid under a butchel, and it is my firm intention to reveal all his hidden charities but first let me go on with the history of his generous exertions in favour of cecily who on her side had quickly discovered the excellency of Jacques's heart and when questioned by him touching the past she candidly confessed that left a stranger and wholly destitute in a foreign land by the imprudence of her husband she considered herself particularly fortunate in being able to obtain a shelter under so sanctified a roof as m ferrand's as a most singular interposition of providence the sight of so much misfortune united to so much heavenly resignation banished all hesitation from the mind of jacques and he wrote to the birthplace of the unfortunate girl for further information respecting her the reply to his inquiries was most satisfactory as well as confirmatory of all the young person had previously stated then assured of rightly dispensing his benevolence jacques bestowed the most paternal kindness on cecily whom he sent back to her own country with a sum of money to support her till better days should dawn or she be unable to obtain some suitable employment now i will not utter one word in jacques's praises for doing all this let the facts speak for themselves excellent most excellent exclaimed the deeply affected curé monsieur l'abbé said jacques ferrand in a hoarse and abrupt tone i do not desire to take up your valuable time in discoursing of myself but of the project respecting which i requested your presence and for the furtherance of which i wished to obtain your valuable concurrence i can well understand that the praises so justly bestowed on you by your friend are painful to one of your extreme modesty let us then merely speak of your good works as though you were not the author of them but first of all let me give an account of my own proceedings in the matters you confided to me according to your desire i have deposited the sum of one hundred thousand crowns in the bank of france in my own name with the intention of employing that amount in the act of restitution of which you are the medium and which i am to effect you preferred the money being lodged in the bank although in my opinion it would have been in equal safety with you and in so doing monsieur l'abb i only acted in concurrence with the wishes of the person making this restitution for the sake of his conscience his request to me was to place the sum mentioned by you in your hands and to entreat of you to forward it to the widow lady madame vermont whose maiden name was renneville the notary's voice trembled as he pronounced these two names Whenever that person should present herself to you i fully substantiate her claims be assured replied the priest i will with pleasure discharge the trust committed to me but that is not the only matter in which your assistance is solicited so much the better if the others resemble this for without seeking the motives which dictate it a voluntary restitution is always calculated to excite a deep interest these rigid decrees of an awakened conscience are always the harbingers of a deep and sincere repentance and such an expiation cannot fail to bring forth good fruits true monsieur the soul must indeed be in a perilous state when such a sum as one hundred thousand crowns is voluntarily refunded for my part i confess to having felt more inquisitive on the subject than yourself but what chance had my curiosity against the firm and unshaken discretion of my friend jacques i am therefore still in ignorance of the name of the individual who thus restores such immense wealth for their conscience sake but, continued Polidori, eyeing Jacques Ferrand with a keen, significant glance. "'You will hear to what an extent are carried the generous scruples of the author of this restitution, and, to tell the truth, I strongly suspect that our right-minded friend here was the first to awaken the slumbering feelings of the guilty person, as well as to point out the surest and fittest way of tranquillising them.' "'How so?' inquired the priest. "'What do you mean?' asked the notary why remember the morels those honest deserving people true true interposed jacques ferrand in a hasty tone i had forgotten them imagine monsieur l'Abbé, that the author of this restitution doubtless influenced by jacques not contented with the restitution of this large sum wishes also but my worthy friend shall speak for himself i will not deprive him of the pleasure of relating so fine an action pray let me hear all about it my dear m ferrand said the priest you are aware replied jacques ferrand with affected sympathy strangely mingled with the deep repugnance he entertained at being compelled to play a part so opposite to his inclinations and which betrayed itself in the alteration his voice and manner exhibited even in spite of all his attempts to be on his guard you are aware i say monsieur l'Abbé, that the misconduct of that unhappy girl louise morel took so deep an effect on her father as to deprive him of his senses and to reduce his numerous family to the very verge of destitution thus bereft of their sole support and prop happily providence interposed in their behalf and the person whose voluntary restitution you have so kindly undertaken to arrange not satisfied with this step believed his abuse of confidence required still further expiation and therefore inquired of me if i knew any genuine case of real and unmerited distress i immediately thought of the morel family and recommended them so warmly that the unknown personage begged me to hand over to you as i shall do the necessary funds for purchasing an annuity of eighty pounds a year for the joint lives of morel his wife and children truly said the Abbe such conduct is beyond my poor praise most gladly will i add this commission to the former still permit me to express my surprise that you were not yourself selected to arrange an affair of this nature the proceedings of which must be so much more familiar to you than to me the reason for your being preferred monsieur l'Abbe, was because the individual in question believed that his expiatory acts would go further even in greater sanctity if they pass through hands as pure and pious as your own then be it so and i will at once proceed to arrange for an annuity to morel the worthy but unfortunate parent of louise still i am inclined to think with your friend that you are not altogether a stranger to the motives which dictated this additional expiation nay monsieur let me beg of you to believe that all i did was to recommend the morel family as a deserving case upon which to exercise charitable sympathy i had no further share in the good work said jacques Ferrand. now then said polidori you are next to be gratified monsieur l'Abbé, with seeing to what an extent my worthy friend there has carried his philanthropic views as manifested in the foundation of such an establishment as that we have already discussed he will read to you the plan definitely decided on the necessary money for its endowment is ready and all is prepared for immediate action but since yesterday a doubt has crossed his mind and if he does not like to state it himself i will do so for him there is no occasion for your taking that trouble said jock who seemed to find a relief in talking himself rather than be compelled to sit in silence and listen to the ironical praises of his accomplice the fact is this monsieur l'Abbé. i have reflected upon our purposed undertaking and it occurs to me that it would be more in accordance with the right spirit of humility and christian meekness if the projected establishment were instituted in your name and not in mine nay nay exclaimed the abbe such humility is exaggerated beyond all reasonable scruples you may fairly pride yourself upon having originated so noble a charity and it becomes your just right as well as your duty to give it your own name pardon me for insisting in this instance on having my own way i have thought the matter well over and am resolved upon preserving a strict incognito as to being the founder of the undertaking i therefore venture to hope you will do me the favour to act for me and carry the scheme into execution selecting the various functionaries requisite for its several departments i merely desire to have the nomination of the chief clerk and one of the doorkeepers to this kindness you must add the most inviolable secrecy as regards myself independently of the pleasure it would afford me to cooperate in such a work as yours my duty to my fellow-creatures would not permit me to do otherwise than accede to your wishes you may therefore reckon upon me in every way you desire then with your permission monsieur l'abbé my friend will read you the plan he has decided on adopting perhaps said jacques ferrand bitterly you will spare me the fatigue of reading it by taking that office on yourself you will oblige me by doing so will you not by no means answered polidori the pure philanthropy which dictated the scheme will sound far better from your lips than mine enough interrupted the notary i will read it myself polidori so long the accomplice of jacques Ferrand and consequently well acquainted with the black catalogue of his crimes could not restrain a fiendish smile as he saw the notary compelled in his own despite to read aloud and adopt as his own the words and sentiments so arbitrarily dictated by rodolph establishment of the bank for workmen out of employ we are instructed to love one another these divine words contain the germ of all charities they have inspired the humble founder of this institution limited as to the means of action the founder has desired at least to enable as many as possible to participate in what he offers in the first place he addresses himself to the honest hard-working workmen burdened with families whom the want of employment frequently reduces to the most cruel extremities it is not a degrading alms which he offers to his brethren but a gratuitous loan he begs them to accept and he hopes that this loan may frequently prevent them from involving their future by distressing loans which they are forced to make in order to await a return of work their only resource for a family of whom they are the sole support as a guarantee of this loan he only requires from his brethren an undertaking on honour and a keeping of the word pledged he invests a sum producing an annual income of twelve thousand francs and to this amount loans of twenty to forty francs without interest will be advanced to married men out of work. These loans will only be made to workmen or workwomen with certificates of good conduct given by the last employer, who will mention the cause and date of the suspension from labor. These loans to be repaid monthly by one-sixth or one-tenth at the option of the borrower, beginning from the day when he again procures employment. He must sign a simple engagement on his honor to return the loan at the periods fixed this engagement must be also signed by two fellow workmen as guarantees in order to develop and extend by their conjunction the sacredness of the promise sworn to the workman and his two sureties who do not return the sum borrowed must never again have another loan having forfeited his sacred engagement and especially having deprived so many of his brethren of the advantage he has enjoyed as the sum he has not repaid is ever lost to the bank of the poor the sums lent being on the contrary scrupulously repaid the loans will augment from year to year not to degrade man by a loan not to encourage idleness by an unprofitable gift to increase the sentiments of honour and probity natural to the labouring classes to come paternally to the aid of the workman who already living with difficulty from day to day owing to the insufficiency of wages cannot when work stops suspend the wants of himself and family because his labour is suspended these are the thoughts which have presided over this institution may his holy name who has said love one another be alone glorified ah sir exclaimed the Abbe. what a charitable idea now i understand your emotion on reading these lines of such touching simplicity in truth as he concluded the reading the voice of jacques ferrand had faltered his patience and courage were at an end but watched by Polidori, he dared not infringe rodolph's slightest order. Monsieur l'abb is not Jacques's idea excellent? asked Polidori. Ah, sir, I, who know all the wretchedness of the city, can more easily comprehend of what importance may be for poor workmen out of employ alone which may seem so trifling to the happy in this world. Ah, what good may be done if persons but knew that with thirty or forty francs. Which would be scrupulously repaid, if without interest, they might often save the future, and sometimes the honour of a family, whom the want of work places in the grasp of misery and want. Jacques values your praises, Monsieur l'Abbé, replied Polidori, and you will have still more to say to him when you hear of his institution of a gratuitous Mont de Piete, pawnbroking establishment, for Jacques has not forgotten this, but made it an adjunct to his bank for the poor. Can it be true? exclaimed the priest, clasping his hands in admiration. End of chapter one, part one Read by Celine Major.